Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful, spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Self-worth. What happens when we don't have it? How do you know when someone else does have it? How do you know when a date has true self-worth and isn't just posturing or saying what you want to hear? Join us for a special episode on self-worth and self-value with our heartset and mindset coach, Tamara Logan. I'm Violet Lang and with Tamara Logan, who is not only a colleague, but a dear friend. And I really respect and admire her. And tonight we're going to be talking about an equally important topic, self-worth. But before we dive into that, uh, I want to have Tamara introduce herself. She is the mindset and heartset coach for the women that are in my program, Queens of Pleasure. And she provides amazing coaching. She worked for Tony Robbins for like 10 years and has helped hundreds and thousands of people um, with their femininity and their power and their heart and their body and all of those things. But Tamara, do you want to share a little bit more about who you are and, and um, yeah, what lights you up? Oh, thank you for that great introduction. Um, well, I'm originally from Minnesota and one of the things um, that I love is that I followed my heart to move to California and live by the ocean. So I've lived in, I live in San Diego. I've been here about 15 years. And um, I love helping women. Like it's one of the things I'm most passionate about is really to help them align with their heart and their unique gifts and really align um, their life in alignment with those values. And um, working with just the queens and with you is just um, helping women just tap into that self-love and cultivate that strong self-love and and self-worth so they can live um, just big lives. And have big love in their life. So. Yes, big lives, big love in their life. Absolutely. So let's take some time to distinguish, you know, what is self-love versus self-worth? And then I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on self-love or self-worth versus like self-esteem or confidence. So for me, the distinction between self-love and self-worth, even though they're very similar, is that self-love is an activity that kind of fills in. It, it nourishes us. It's like filling a container with love and with care and with, you know, good feelings and staying attuned to the love that we have for ourselves. And self-worth, I think of as the container itself. Like how big of a container can we set? How much space can we take up in the world? How much can we really value ourselves and, and find our inherent worthiness? And because I think it does have an opportunity to expand both self-love and self-worth, but I think of self-worth as almost like a, a message you kind of send through boundaries and through what you will and won't tolerate in others. And I feel like self-love is is a message you send to yourself. So we can explore this and we will explore this in much more detail tonight. But for those of you who are curious about self-love, you can go back and listen to our Facebook Live that we did about a month ago. Um, but Tamara, yeah, you brought up something really interesting when you and I were chatting about this topic a, a little bit ago. And you were talking about self or self worth uh, versus like self esteem or confidence, and I would love to hear hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's a like um, a small distinction. Like to me, 
what you said, like self-worth is that um, deep sense of knowing of our own value, our own inherent worthiness, like we are lovable, we are valuable. And I think self-esteem and self-confidence are built into it, but how I see it is a little bit different is self-confidence is usually more on like mastery of a skill, like it's our accomplishments, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's more externally sometimes that we measure ourselves with. Where the, the self-worth in I love that. Yeah, sorry. And one more thing about self-worth that might be different from self-confidence is it includes our own unique qualities, like what makes us uniquely who we are. That's so true. And I love the way you describe that. It enables us to be unique. Um, but it's not about like climbing a ladder or proving something, you know, externally or, or mastering anything. It's something that already exists within us that's to be revealed and cherished. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's go into, you know, some of the questions that we have prepared, because this is something that we see again and again with women who struggle in relationships. And I would venture to say all women and all, all humans, you know, knowing our inherent worth and having good self-worth. So you know, what do you see and, and what do we see when women don't see their own inherent worthiness? Like what happens when this is missing? Yeah, like one of the quotes by Brene Brown that I love that I'll just use and I've seen myself fall into this pattern or default when I don't cultivate self-worth and self-love is there's a, we get wrapped up in that cycle of comparing and competing because it's so much in our culture, right? That constant measuring of ourself based on performance or skills or what we deliver or what we produce, it's what we do, right? And so we get caught up in that cycle of comparing and competing. And then we're constantly striving for um, acceptance and hustling for our worthiness. So it's almost like we're this ping pong ball. <laughs> it's like every day, like, am I worthy enough by my successes or do I fall down if I fail at something? So it's almost like this ping pong ball in reaction and adapting and um, when we don't have that cultivated internal sense of self-worth. Mm. Yes, I'm nodding, nodding in agreement. I love that. And I see too that when, you know, when someone hasn't developed their self-worth or just hasn't had the, the freedom or the nurturing or the guidance in order to claim that part of themselves, um, maybe because of things that have happened in their life previously, or maybe just the environment or, or role modeling that's been around them, um, there can often be a, a confusion around boundaries and around needs and deservingness of having their needs met. I remember times talking with women who it was almost like a light bulb. They thought, oh, I, I could ask for what I want. Like someone could actually meet a need for me and I could speak it and have it be met. And there's a sense of like, well, who am I? You know, who am I to have that need met? So kind of like the ping pong you described, this shuttling from other people's needs to other people's needs to other people's needs without thinking about our own needs and our own um sense of deservingness to have our needs be met and, and to receive from others. So 
that can be a huge problem, of course, in relationships, because we can always then be putting the other person first or putting them on a pedestal and then feeling indebted to them. And as a result of that, sometimes women will stay too long in relationships or totally lose themselves in relationship or accidentally push the other person away because their, their whole person isn't showing up there. It's just this, you know, service mentality that can be taken to the extreme. And I'll kind of tell on myself really quickly because this used to be such a problem for me. I remember a guy that I was dating had invited me over to dinner with some of his friends that were also couples. And I don't know what took over me. I think mainly because I was just feeling anxious and, and kind of nervous because I really liked this person. But I just turned into his mother. Like I was pouring his water when he ran dry. I was like picking up his napkin off the floor when he dropped it. And I got out of that date in that situation. And we didn't really date very much longer after that. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I was kind of like his servant all night. Where did that come from? And it came from this place in me that felt terrified to just be seen and to be in, in, um, you know, union and communion with this person and with the people in his life. And so I was just hyper-focused on, on his value and what he needed. So anyway, that's a tangent, <laughs> but those are just some examples of how we can get ourselves into trouble in relationships. Yeah. I think it's important. Like, even when you were talking, like, um, just that sense of I matter and I'm important, like, I can take up space in this world. And like what you were saying, my needs matter. My needs are important. And I even noticed this on the opposite end of the spectrum of our needs is also our suffering or our experiences. A lot of really, a lot of really um, well-intentioned people that we connect with and that I know and that I, I work with, they, they feel, well, it wasn't that bad. You know, whatever happened to them, the breakup or the trauma or the childhood things, it's, we've just kind of learned to say, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. And, and I got through it and I can be strong. And, you know, what you're going through is so much more difficult. Like as women, sometimes I feel like we want to nurture the other person and we want to minimize our own suffering and pain. But the thing is that until we recognize like, you know, my, my suffering matters, like it mattered. And I don't have to spend my life being a victim or playing out that story again and again, but it's okay for me to say, you know what, my suffering matters. And that was really bad. And I feel like until we can acknowledge that and recognize the, the ways in which we weren't held worthy or that we weren't um, respected, sometimes we're sweeping things under the rug and then they, they kind of come out in weird ways. Yeah. I think that's really important, like what we'll tolerate, what we won't tolerate, and that whether it's conditioning from society or what, you know, we were handed down with our parents is like um, that dismissal, that discounting, like what you were talking about. Yeah. Mm. I love that word you just used, the discounting, because I mean, self-worth, you can equate also, of course, to, to commerce. And if you think about discounting, if you discount something, if it's on sale, and as women, we're discounting all the time, we're discounting our pain and our suffering, we're discounting our achievements. Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal, or I messed up the speech anyway, or, you know, I got a promotion, but I didn't get a raise. Like, we're kind of always discounting um, 
ourselves, the good and the bad in, in quotation. So, um, yeah, I really love that choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> so let me look at the, um, the next piece of this, which is, you know, how does this lack of self-worth or I don't want to say lack of it, but unawareness of self-worth and, and not claiming that, like, how does that affect our career, our health, you know, our relationships? Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's something I continually cultivate, you know, um, and I think it can definitely influence and impact all of those areas. And just that feeling of deservedness, like I deserve abundance or I deserve health and well-being. I deserve to take up space in this world. I deserve love and happiness. So to me, there's like a connection of um, like deservedness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also when I think like going back to what I was saying earlier, like that getting in that mode of striving for um, acceptance or hustling for our worthiness, it's a little bit what you were saying is for me, that could look like, um, like in the past or even now it could be a signal is it, if I start to get burned out, like I'm over giving or being over responsible or, um, and then in the past, it's also been, I've overworked and been underpaid too. So um, that was one thing that definitely showed up in my life. And like what I'll tolerate or not tolerate and how I'm treated, you know, can definitely be influenced or impacted. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, then I think we all go through that. And I love that specific example of well, if I just work hard enough, you know, someone will notice and it's okay. I, I love doing this, so I don't need to make as much money. And, um, I had a yoga teacher tell me that once she said, well, yeah, I don't get paid very much, but I really love what I do. So it's okay. They barely pay me minimum wage. And I thought you should be getting paid more if you love what you do, because you're bringing more enthusiasm and passion and energy and, you know, all of these things. So we kind of convince ourselves that, that it's not, you know, worthy or we're not deserving of that. I love that example. And I think one of it, another example for myself is that when I'm not feeling very worthy, when I'm feeling uh, low self-esteem or not even self-esteem, but just not connected to my own inherent sense of worthiness, I'm also not treating myself and my health in that same way. So I'll just kind of eat whatever's convenient because I'm focused on getting something done or working or, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, pop into 7-Eleven and get some junk food because I didn't have time to eat a proper meal before I got going on my day. Like, because I was putting that task or that person or that thing, you know, above me feeling nourished and me feeling healthy. So I think it shows up also when I go out to eat with people and they have a different food preference. And I know that, you know, let's say sugar isn't good for me, but then I'm like, well, I can have dessert tonight, you know, and some of that is just my inner rebel, <laughs> but some of it is also not recognizing that in my own self-worth, I get to stand alone in my choices. You know, it's okay for me to have different choices than other people. It's okay for me to deeply respect myself and to have boundaries with myself even. Um, so I think it, it really impacts for me, my health and the way I show up in my friendships too. And then, of course, you know, in relationship and what what we will and won't tolerate. I have one more one more little story about this. Um, when I was really exploring my self worth, this was a while ago. This was maybe 
I don't know, six or seven years ago. I was recently single after dating someone for almost a year. And um, a guy had tried to ask me, I, this is very old school, so we'll probably laugh at this, but this was again like seven years ago. But a, a guy had, had texted me saying like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, I only go on dates with guys who call me to ask me out. And he literally called me like two seconds later and said, oh, I didn't realize that. Would you like to go out with me this weekend? And it was just a fun little example of me saying, well, this is what works for me. You know, this is what I like. I don't know how well that would go now because so many relationships start over text. But at the time, it felt like a fun way for me to, to reclaim my power and what I wanted and how I wanted to be treated. And when we went out for brunch that weekend, he brought me tulips and it was so special. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. And I love the word reclaim or claim, right? Claiming our power, what's important to us and communicating that. It's really beautiful. It's fun. Mm. Yeah. And then what about when we see women who embody self-worth? Like we can probably all think of examples of women that we, that we think of and we're like, wow, she really values herself. She really has high self-worth. I mean, for me, Oprah comes to mind, but there's, there's lots of other women too. Um, who do you think of, or what do you, what do you think of when you think of a woman who has high self-worth? Yeah. I mean, definitely Oprah. Um, I think Alicia Keys comes to mind. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, definitely Michelle Obama. And then there was a woman I met a few years ago. She's not as famous out there, but um, she's a great example to me. I don't know if you know the aerialist Jen Bricker, but I saw her speak and I met her and she was born with no legs and she was abandoned at birth. And she was blessed to be, you know, adopted by this amazing family. But she watched the Olympics and she wanted to become this gymnast. And she was encouraged, but she found this, you know, just belief in herself and this inherent self-worth. And she went for what she really mattered. And to me, that's also that resilience and that internal like strength and belief in yourself. And just going for what's something that's really meaningful to you or that really matters, that those are qualities of self-worth. Um, I think what Alicia Keys can embody for me is that, that strength and passion, right? But there's also a humility, like she's always growing and learning. And there's just this kindness and generosity, too, that she embodies for herself that also flows out to others. Yes. I love that example. And I, I think of on a personal level, um, my Reiki teacher, when I was studying Reiki many years ago, when we would have a training, she would take a huge lunch break, like two and a half hour lunch break. And at the time I was thinking to myself, wow, that's so generous with yourself. <laughs> like I, I would imagine that I might give myself a 45 minute lunch break and you know, eat my food while I'm preparing for the next segment or something like that. And it was a great example of like, no, I, I, I've been teaching in the morning. I need a, I need a long break. I'm going to take a long break, you know, enjoy, enjoy your lunch. So she really was claiming her time and, and her sense of nourishment and taking that time for herself. And 
the reason I bring that up is because one of the qualities that I think all of the women we've mentioned have is to me, they seem very grounded, like very centered, very grounded, um, very present to the way they move, the way that they, you know, um, use their energy and a sense of fullness that's not rushed by anyone. And I think that's something I could definitely, definitely learn from, you know, of taking my time and not talking as fast and staying grounded, knowing that every word I say has value and my energy has value. And I'm going to take as much time as I, as I want. I mean, I think about Oprah, she has a very slow cadence and it's kind of mesmerizing. I love that. You know what, that, thank you for sharing that. Cause it reminds me of an example. It's probably about 15 years ago. Personally, I was working with this body worker. It was color work, which is for your structural alignment. And, um, one of the things that she first had me do was walk down the hall and she watched my gait and how I walked. And I got to the end and she's like, well, what did you notice? I just tuned in. And I was like, I walked with apology. And I, mm. I was like that, you know, you can, how you can have an intellectual understanding about something like what self-worth is or self-esteem. But it was like in that moment, I got like, boom. I was out of my body. I'm not connected to my body. I'm walking with apology. I speak with apology. And like that, just like that, I remember that being like a critical moment for me of that, like really like speaking with more purpose and clarity, walking with more purpose, like what you said, being more present and grounded, not like so distracted by externals. Am I doing it right? Or, I love that example. I felt it so deeply in my heart. Um, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that about walking with apology or speaking with apology. And that really resonates with me. I imagine it does with lots of women that are watching this of the shoulder slumped or the constant apologizing or the timidness in our voice. And um, yeah, I'm, anno I'm annoyed at, at that, not in you, but in all of us of the part of us that feels that that we have to cower or that we can't just feel lusciously, you know, purposeful and alive and clear. So I'm really proud of you for the, the work you've done for yourself. And now that you're helping other women with to find that sense of graceful, you know, gracefulness with yourself and, and worthiness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, you know, when someone has self-worth, um, how do you respond? And we can go back and forth on this. You know, if, if you notice someone in the room who, who seems like they have a lot of self-worth, like what's the impact on you and, and, and how does that inspire you maybe to show up differently? It's a great question. I think two things come to mind, definitely uh, respect and trust are like two initial words. And what I mean by that is, um, when somebody embodies a lot of self-worth, they have positive self-regard and respect for them. So what that inspires in me to respond is with respect. Um, and also what I probably find when I am interacting with people that have high self-worth is I respect their contributions more, what they say, um, or their efforts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like a, there's a respect, I think. And then also trust because there's an authenticity that I'm witnessing and experiencing. And I really, there, 
then that inspires in me like trust, like they're congruent with themselves and that inspires me to trust them. Mm. I'm so glad you mentioned that. It feels really true for me as well, the, the sense of trust and authenticity and congruence. And I find that magnetizing. That makes me want to hang on every word and get closer and um, at the same time, like really respect their boundaries and their distance and the things that they need. I'm thinking about times where I've been with people where there was a, a sense of really strong self-worth. And it made me question in a really positive way, question my choices or question my energy or question the way that I spend time. I mean, I have a friend who recently, I sent her the link to a, an event, which is on the weekend that I'm going to. And she said, it looks great, but I decided recently that I don't do any self-development stuff on the weekend. I will fit that in during the week, but weekends are for pleasure for me and for play. And I was like, damn, <laughs> because even though I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a queen of pleasure, I'm, I'm the queen of pleasure, I, I kind of fit pleasure in and I prioritize it, of course, I always make time for it. Um, but that was very much like staking her claim, like weekends are for me and that's that. And I'm not, I'm not going to choose that for myself right now because my life is really fluid. And, and as an entrepreneur, that's just for me, not my choice. But what I loved about that is it gave me a doorway into a new possibility of thinking, well, if I wanted to, I could do that, you know? And I think people can say the same thing about how they spend their time about the relationships they cultivate, about the choices in food, about their choices to drink or not drink, about their choices of how much they they make in their life in terms of money. Do they negotiate? Do they non-negotiate? If they work for themselves, you know, what sort of pricing do they set? Like it affects everything. And for me, sometimes seeing it in someone else, even though it's a, it's a self-generated value and, and characteristic, but seeing it in someone else and another, and another woman especially is so inspiring to just open my mind to new choices and new ways of really upping my self-worth um, to really be conscious about how I'm spending these precious resources. Like time is a precious resource, but I think our love and our energy is even more precious because what good is time if we're not feeling connected to our hearts or connected to our body or, you know, doing the things that we love. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I love your example just of what's possible and setting boundaries around our time and prioritizing what's important to us. And it um, similar, this is an example personally, but a girlfriend was just saying it happened to her. She was receiving like 60 texts a day from this person that she cares about. <laughs> right. And um, she, she lovingly set a boundary, right? Like, I love you. I care about you. And this is what I have capacity for. Like I'm, I'm willing to receive like two or three texts a day, but I can't be that person that receives 60 texts a day. And so it was like a loving um, and of our valuing of our own time, right? And having that and also setting that healthy boundary. Yes, that's such a great example because boundaries, especially around relationship and communication and giving at the right amount and receiving as well, is so important. And 
for those of you watching us who've already worked with us, you know that chapter two in the program is all about boundaries and self-respect and self-worth and being in your power. And a lot of that will absolutely change your life when you start knowing what you need, sensing it, speaking it, setting a healthy boundary, then you have your worthiness increases because you have more time, you have more energy and people, people kind of know where they, where they stand. I mean, I forget who said it, but someone said, you know, we're all just dying to be led. We want to be led. It's nice to know like what someone wants and needs from us. But if we're thinking, well, I can't set that boundary. It's going to hurt someone's feelings. The person may be fine to just send two texts a day. They probably need to understand that there's a part of their behavior that's unconscious and and destructive, you know, to be putting that much energy into into something like that. So I believe setting a healthy boundary is good. It's, it's leading the other person. It's teaching the other person what you need and also helping them be aware of their own triggers and responses and reactions. And yeah, I love that example. And then let's talk, Tamara, about like on, on dates and with men, because we've been talking a lot about, or with women, but we've been talking a lot about self-worth as it relates to ourselves. And sometimes I think we as, as humans, we don't know the difference between true self-worth or what I will call like posturing. So sometimes we can get seduced and I've been there as well <laughs> into dating someone who seems like they have really high self-worth. And then it's almost a Jekyll or Hyde sort of moment because the relationship changes or it feels like the relationship changes or the person changes. And then I've been in situations thinking, what? <laughs> What just happened? Um, and so what I found is that when we're focusing on someone's self-worth based on just what they're telling us or their you know, status, so to speak, is not actually a good indicator. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not necessarily the, the same reflection. So, you know, I've, I've dated a guy and guys who are very successful and I thought, oh, well, he makes a lot of money. He obviously respects himself and has really high self-worth. And it just wasn't the case. Like the way he would treat himself or the way that he would move through the world was not the way I want to move through the world. We had, we had very different values. Um, so I just wanted to plant that seed for anyone watching that just because someone on the outside that you're interested in is you know flying you on a trip or buying you fancy things or name dropping about his sperm or whatever it is um, you might want to be really really attuned to you know how does that person treat other people how do they treat themselves how do they treat you do they think that their time is more valuable than your time um, how does that show up in your relationship and sometimes when we have lower self-worth or we just haven't cultivated our self-worth we're attracted to people who on the outside seem to have a lot of self-worth. But what I find is it's almost like a smoke and mirrors thing. Like for me, when I was struggling with my self-worth is when I was most attracted to men who seem to have a lot of high self-worth on the outside, but it was actually false high self-worth on the outside. Like it was the status symbols. It was the fancy dinners. It was all of these things. And inside we were two just kind of broken children. Like, both feeling insecure, both feeling low self-worth, both feeling that we were grasping. I was grasping onto love to help me feel more worthy. And he was grasping onto money and status symbols to help him feel more worthy. So there was like a deep mirroring here, but I didn't catch it because I was 
you know, I, I wasn't in a place of deep self-respect at that time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this will be helpful, but um, I think it's like, there's an awareness when we're with um, men, like they have a deep need to be respected and want to impress mm-hmm. us. Right. Cause it's a gauge for them to see if, you know, what they provide is valued and also if they can make us happy. Right. So there's going to be that impress factor. I think that's with a lot of men. Um, and I think what you're talking about is having that, that um, compass inside of when it's actually genuine and like what you said, the posturing. Um, yeah. And like a signal for me when there's a, maybe a lack of self-worth, it's like they're either like know-it-alls or what I call like leading with your resume, like that whole, like, <laughs> I know all these people, the name dropping, or I've been all these places. And um, like you said, and then there's not, uh, like a an authentic um, showing up with integrity, like how they might treat a weights person, or um, just that, or even allowing ourselves to have time to express. There might be criticalness or judgment or something like that. Yes, totally, or controlling. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that when someone in particular in a dating situation where there's the resume dating, like you said, which I love that. I don't love that, but I love that term. Um, Is that there's, there's an underlying expectation, like, well, you better, you know, sleep with me because of the fancy dinner, or you better tell me I'm so amazing, or you better be like delighted that I actually spent my time with you. Like there's a, there's like an entitlement to an expectation about how you should respond to them versus what I call like a noble offering, like a noble offering from a man or someone that you're interested in is a gift given from the heart because they want to give it and they, they hope that it will delight you, but there's no attachment to the outcome and there's no expectation about how you need to receive that gift. It's just, it's just an act of generosity. And I think the more that someone has deep self-worth, the more they can effortlessly give, they can do those things from a place of, of genuine desire and care versus I need you to think a certain way about me. And if you don't, then, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be consequences. There's a a question that came through and I'm just going to put it up on the screen really quick. One of the viewers says, can you talk about what to do in a relationship as well? Specifically when the guy does the sort of things where he's filling up my water, picking up my napkin type of stuff. So I had shared that example earlier of when I was doing that on a date because I was so nervous and not feeling connected to my self-worth. But it sounds like in a relationship, there's a question about when it when a guy is doing this for his date, you know, for his woman. And she doesn't write in too much more about that, but I'm imagining she's feeling that it might be too much or that it's annoying or, you know, over the top or all of that. So I'll address it from that angle and then we can explore the other side of it too. Um, Sometimes men get, in my experience, so addicted to being of service that they too forget about the part of themselves that needs to know their own boundaries and needs. And it's much more common stereotypically in our culture for a woman to be considered needy. Oh, she's needy or this or that. Now, many of us like modern women have rebelled against that to the point where we need to come back in more contact with our needs and expressing our needs. But a lot of men 
have a really hard time knowing what they need and expressing their need. And so they put their energy into serving the woman and taking care of the woman, not all men, but some men. And sometimes that can come from a lack of self-respect or insecurity or just not knowing what their needs are and how to express them. And a lot of men do want the woman that they're with in relationship to be happy. Um, but if you feel like they're doting on you or putting you on a pedestal or treating you like a pet instead of a partner, I think it absolutely is fair to one, one of two things, you know, to start giving more to the other person and balance things out by, by giving and by, by reciprocating, but also having a conversation and just saying, here's the ways that I'm loving how you're expressing your care for me. And here's what I'm also really craving. I'm craving a little challenge. I'm craving a little tease. I'm craving a little mystery. I'm craving, you know, respecting you deeply. And as much as I care for you, sometimes I respect you even more when you're passionately focused on one of your projects. I think one of the fastest ways for a woman to lose respect for a man is when he puts all of his attention on her forever and ever and ever. It feels very good at like a date or a week or two, but when it becomes his life is just making you feel good, we can start to lose respect for that person because we want them to be in touch with their own integrity and inner compass and authenticity like we were talking about. So um, that's what comes up for me when I, when I read that comment um, is having those conversations and finding a way to find the respect for your partner and noticing if maybe you've gotten used to being taken care of in that way and, and reciprocating a bit. Do you want to add anything to that, Tamara? No, I, I think you did it really good. I think, um, yeah, no. Yeah, I think like I would love you to speak on like what the difference is between like if a man wants to cherish and adore you and maybe that's his way of showing that um, versus like what you said where it, it's um, it's maybe too much. Yeah, mm -hmm. that might be just knowing our own boundaries around it, but go ahead. I think that's a great inquiry and, and dialogue. And I think it depends a little bit on each woman and her desire and her capacity to receive. I mean, there are women who could get a gift every day for the rest of their life and it would be fabulous and fine, you know? And there are women who even a man may, giving her a compliment feels like they're not sure how to receive that compliment. So some of it is, is just our personal preference of how much we want to receive and how much we're comfortable receiving. And some of it is our conditioning. Like if we were, if we were taught when we were young, like, well, you better be thankful for that. Or if we were, you know, guilt tripped, or if we were told to be overly humble or, or you know, don't shine too bright, then we might need to work on our capacity to receive more. Um, but for me, when someone is expressing this, like act of cherishing versus someone who's coming across as more needy or serving me or something like that, um, is that as they're giving me this gift or as they're doing something nice to cherish me, they're also doing it with deep cherishing and reverence for themselves. Um, it's a little hard to describe, but I'll give an example. So like my ex-husband really lost himself in our marriage. Like even when we were getting divorced, he said, wow, I just became your husband. I wasn't, I wasn't anything else. Like I just made my whole identity to be your husband. And so when we were going through our, our separation, we weren't divorced yet, we were separating. He was bringing home sweets and flowers and all of these things, but it was from a sense of 
desperation, like I have to fix this, but he was choosing to fix it by placing, placing even more attention on me instead of what I needed, which was for him to place attention on himself and have direction and purpose and vision and self-respect and all of those things. Um, so that was an example where it didn't feel congruent. And then for example, like Jason left me some chocolate in the refrigerator a few weeks ago when, or a week or so ago when he was traveling and I could tell the, the sacredness of the gift because he didn't text me as he was on the plane. Hey, by the way, check the fridge because I did this thing for you. Like, I hope you like it. Like there was no need for approval and there was no need for me to like pat him on the back and say, great job. And there was no need for him from him for me to be like, Oh my gosh, you know, you're amazing. Or this makes me closer to you. It was, it was like, he just wanted to do something nice for me because it made him feel good versus needing me to have a certain response. And I think that's true. Generosity is when we do something because we, a, we wanted to feel good for the other person, of course, but we do it just because it's a natural, it's just a natural overflow of the love and the care that we have for ourselves. that we're just thinking, wow, this would be really nice to do this for this person. It would feel really good. It would, it would feel good for both of us versus there. I don't feel that same mutuality. There's no mutuality when someone is like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this for her because I really want her to like me and I'm afraid she might leave. And oh my gosh, like that's just pedestaling someone versus having that sense of mutuality, if, if that makes sense. Oh, great distinction. <laughs> cool. Let's see, I think there were a few more things we wanted to... Um, to cover. And that was like, what is the benefit of having high self-worth? We've talked about this a little bit, but like when someone has really high self-worth, how does that show up in their life? Yeah, I think a couple of things and I might be repeating. I think it's um, feeling in a sense of courage and empowerment to go for the things that matter to us and that are meaningful to us versus like worried about the shoulds and what society thinks and that constant um, like looking externally for validation. Um, so we're living more congruent with our own values. Um, I think it's also what you were just talking about is our capacity to receive. So, um, and that can look simple, like what you were saying, compliments, receiving support or help, um, asking for what we need, um, feeling um, deservingness of like care, love, attention. Um, yeah, I think those are the two big things. And I think it's also a benefit of like high self-worth is um, how we treat ourselves too. We're more loving and generous with ourselves and accepting of ourselves um, versus critical, critical and judgmental. Mm. Yes. I love that because what I hear from that is focusing on that we deserve to feel good. And then there can be various external manifestations of feeling good, but it's not um, about the status or it's not about the climbing the ladder. Like you talked about, it's about choosing to be empowered and then taking risks from that place and celebrating ourselves from that place and choosing to know that we deserve to feel good and letting that carry us, carry us into all these amazing places. One, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I think as you're saying that, just yeah, like, is like resilience, right? Like if we have a setback in our life or we're going for something new, like because confidence can be related if we're 
we might not feel confident if we're going to learn a new language or we're doing something new, right? Mm-hmm. But if we have that healthy sense of self-worth, we still go for it. And if we have a setback, we're, we're laid off or, you know, we lose money in the stock market or something like we get rocked in a certain way, there's resilience, like to come back and reset. Mm. Yes, I love that. The sense of resilience, because for me, when I think of, of worthiness, sometimes I think of, of course, like jewelry or something that is supposedly, you know, high worth from the outside. But something like that, like jewelry is oftentimes almost indestructible. It, it, it is resilient. Part of its part of its worth comes from its resiliency. So I love that tie in of knowing our self-worth and letting that help us become more resilient. And then the more resilient we are, the more that we know and trust and cherish our own self-worth. Yeah. And ways that I see this also show up with the women that we work with is that when women have really tapped into a a good um, relationship with their own self-worth, it really changes the sort of men that they're attracting in their life. So Jessica Best is one of our our queens um, who is on Facebook Live with me on Monday. And she was talking about how when she went through the program, when she went back online after doing the program, it was a completely different experience. The sort of men that she was attracting, how they were treating her, what they were saying to her on the messages, how they were treating her on the dates. And literally just before we got on this Facebook Live, one of my VIP clients was also messaging me and saying, like every man who's reaching out to me online is really cool. Like I, I, I have so many options. I did not expect to have like so many great people to connect with, especially online because she had been skeptical about online. So it sounds kind of woo woo, but when we really get this right, then it makes everything else in dating easier because we don't have to filter out. We don't have to work so hard to ask ourselves like, well, does he match this? Does he not match this? We're just grounded and centered in our power and our worthiness. And it's almost like we don't even see the things that aren't good for us. It's it's like if you're really connected to your sense of worth and you're honoring your body through the way that you eat, you don't, I mean, yeah, maybe you notice the chocolate cake, but you don't really notice the chocolate cake because you're like, no, I'm focused on my veggies. I'm focused on my greens. I'm focused on my juices. I'm feeling great. And of course it might catch your eye, but it's, it doesn't really register. And same with like men who might be messaging someone with sexual comments, like, you kind of don't even see it because you're just seeing the things that reflect back to your sense of worth and your sense of value. And because the dating apps and Facebook and almost everything in our life now is like an algorithm, what we give attention to grows and we get more of that, you know, psychologically and energetically, but also with the apps and all of these things. And we're spending a lot of time messaging with people who are not valuing us and are being very explicit or who are not available or who are, you know, maybe we feel like we're kind of dating down Like we're going to keep getting more of that. But if we have really high self-worth, we almost have blinders to the things that don't feel good to us and that don't reflect our self-worth. Everything happens a lot faster. It's more enjoyable. We have higher quality dating experiences. And then we create a a partnership that's based on mutual respect instead of one partner having more control or both codependent and then being, you know, flipping that power dynamic, but never really being equal. Powerfully said. I love that. I love hearing that about Jessica too. I love, I loved her and just see, witnessing all the shifts and the growth. And so really beautiful that she's experiencing those shifts externally. It's beautiful. Yes. 
Yeah, as you know, a lot of our work, the first few chapters is just about the inner work. And then within a matter of weeks, people are having a very different dating experience. And of course, they have different strategies and tools and approaches because of the way that we work. But we start from the inside out and then it makes, you know, it makes all of the difference. So Tamara, this topic has been so fun that we've literally been on here like 48 minutes. I can't believe it. Normally our Facebook lives are like 20 minutes, but clearly, uh, clearly we're tapping into our sense of collective value as women and as humanity and as each other building this, you know, this uh, vibe and this tribe. So I'm just very grateful for you that you've shared with us so much of your heart and your power and your articulation of this really important concept. Is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? No, thank you. Thank you for just doing what you do and the impact that you make. It's, it's really profound. And so thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of it. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I love this. <laughs> and it's my honor and delight that you're a part of our team. You know, we have many people on our team helping spread more love and more light. And if you're someone that's watching this live or on the replay and you want more love and you want more light and you want more worthiness and you want more inherent self-respect and also to have a better dating experience with higher quality men and more respectful interactions and true partnership, then I would love to talk. We do free 45 minute breakthrough to love sessions. And those are amazing, incredible clarity and value to have either me or someone from my team walking you through a process where you can understand what your blind spots are, where you might be subconsciously blocking yourself from receiving a higher quality man or having better dating experiences. And then of course, what you really want, like your container, like you're we saying, can expand infinitely. So how big do you want your love? How big do you want your life? How big do you want your heart? How big do you want your partnership and the impact that it can make in the world? So if that speaks to you, then just go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. Um, and that's where you can just pick out your spot. We only have a few spots available each day and each week because there's a lot of women that reach out to want to talk with us. So you should do that you know, sooner rather than later. And while the world is talking about self-love and love, which is very important, um, I invite you to consider also this aspect of self-worth and respect and dignity. So thank you, Tamara, for your love and your kindness and your shares. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. That's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.